You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host and today we have Dr. Sue Rad joining us in the studio in Hobart. Welcome, Sue. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for coming in to the studio. It's great to have you down in Tasmania. Now, of course, you're not normally in Tasmania, but you've <laughs> been down for a, a special event that you've been presenting at. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering if this is your first time on Faith FM. Actually, no. I have been on Faith FM before, and uh, it's always a pleasure. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you back here. Now, before we get going, I'm just going to let some people know a little bit about who you are. And I've been uh, promoting this for our event down here, so I've almost memorized it entirely. <laughs> but you are an advanced accredited practicing dietitian. When you say that really fast, it's quite tricky to mm. get, get, get all those words out. And you are an author. You're a researcher. You've recently uh, published a book. Uh, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health, and that won a World Cookbook Award, the Gourmand World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. So that's a fantastic book. I've got a copy of it. I must say I don't use it enough, and I should. (laughs) Um, My wife's got it off the shelf, and she's uh, prompting me to to read it again recently. So um, tell us a little bit more about you before we get into our program. Well... Jason, what can I say except that I've always been fascinated by food and the body. So food as as medicine Mm. and and how all these things work together. I have worked for more than 30 years as a dietitian in the nutrition area. Um, I have a private practice, so I work with patients one-to-one. But I'm also involved in research at the University of Sydney in various uh, research studies. And in addition to that, I am a passionate cook. Mm. (laughs) I love to cook, and most importantly, I love to find easy ways to translate some of those research findings into what to make for dinner. Easy food, yummy food that families can all enjoy. And I'm particularly excited about discovering new, or should I say rediscovering, old ideas that come from various traditional dietary patterns, because some of those, honestly, are the best. They're simple, they're delicious, and they're good for us. Awesome. Uh, My name is Cook, but uh, unfortunately... I don't have the same passion for cooking, and I'm and I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying to uh, good build up. I, I do have a passion for health. I'm just a bit lazy when it comes to uh, cooking. So, but maybe I'll get there. Uh, maybe after today's program, I'll be more motivated. Let's so. hope so. <laughs> yeah. So today, Sue, you're going to be talking about improving your immune function through food. And we've got about six or seven minutes in our first section that I'd like to to just give us a bit of an overview of some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be looking at some of the nutrients, some of the foods, and in particular, the whole dietary pattern and how that can impact on our immune function. And of course, uh, 
in the situation we find ourselves in the world at the moment, still with the pandemic, there's never been a more important time to be discussing this topic. Mm. Interestingly enough, the foods that we're going to mention have already been shown to significantly reduce the risk of chronic diseases. Uh, and even if you have such a chronic disease, whether it be type 2 diabetes or whether it be heart disease, um, you can better manage these conditions if you eat better. Now we also know you can reverse them. So the way we eat has a significant impact on many body processes related to chronic and infectious diseases. And we are going to touch on the gut microbiome. So this is a very exciting emerging area in research, which kind of connects everything together, kind of connects the dots in terms of how food can be so powerful to have medicinal effects um, and to influence outcomes. Mm. The immune system itself is a very complex um, beast, really, isn't it? And I guess <laughs> in recent years, we're starting to understand it a little bit more. I know, for example, um, and I've shared on this program before, what, that I've uh, been through stage four melanoma with, with cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was treated with immune, or what they call immunotherapy. And of course, that mm. very much uh, depends on the immune system. And I know uh, from my own research that... Um, the what you eat actually has a, a big impact on how effective those sorts of things are and i guess diet and lifestyle are also uh, very much connected to the whole body as as such um yes. in the immune system so what what are some other factors that you know before we you know get into the main content what are some other factors that sort of we need to start to think about uh, in our in our approach to immunity Mm. So there's a whole bunch of lifestyle factors that have been looked at and are still being researched. I mean, even the development in the womb, we can't change that, but uh, how, how, how our mother ate and what her grandmother and her mother ate can impact our health later in life. Um, how much we move, we know that not being sedentary is a very good idea that's mm. better for one's immune function but also doing too much exercise is not good for optimal immunity factors like pollution can impact our immunity in a negative way and of course sleep restorative sleep incredibly important for a good functioning immune system i know for me that one's a challenge because sometimes i don't sleep so well and I know that, uh, you know, I have quite a few nights, late nights, too, too many nights or some nights that I don't sleep. And uh, sure enough, I almost always end up feeling like <laughs> I'm going to come down with something. And unless I correct it, um, I do. I start to get a sore throat. I get tired. Mm. Or, you know, I catch something. So. And indeed, stress mm. is mm. another one. We know that's now impacted impacting our immune system so whether it's those factors or even our previous exposure to bad bugs or pathogens or our previous history of vaccinations even for example early on in the COVID pandemic some of the papers that were being published were showing this very interesting link between a lower risk of getting COVID if you'd previously received the flu vaccine mm. so it's multifactorial um, some factors we're born with others and we can't do much about others we can do quite a bit about and they relate to our lifestyle and a healthy lifestyle um, seems to compound the benefits so having multiple lifestyle factors that are good actually significantly lowers risk of getting sick in the first place and then the severity of that uh, disease 
And of course, uh, some of those lifestyle factors include things like uh, pollution and sunlight and and yes. other things like that. So, um, again, just briefly before we get into the the meat of this discussion, um, what what would you say about things like pollution and sunlight? Well, I would say keep away from pollution. Live in Tasmania. <laughs> it's not a bad place. <laughs> Get in out fact, of the big smog on the north, where I come from in Sydney. Um, on the northwest coast, <laughs> in the very the northwest of Tasmania, is apparently the the purest air in the world. Yes, yes, you're very fortunate. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've also known in terms of chronic disease, such as heart disease, pollution is a risk factor. So the, these things um, affect the immune system, which again relates to both chronic and infectious disease. And uh, so whether it's getting enough sunshine, which we all know is important to make enough vitamin D, but now we also realise it's important to make other substances through the skin, which seem to be important for the immune system, that you can't get in a pill like vitamin D. Mm. Um, whether it's spending time in nature, um, you know, seeing green, seeing blue, this also seems to be very important, having that downtime, the rest time, adequate rest. And even, uh, I say, putting aside that one day of week where you can stop, you can revive, <laughs> you can rejuvenate yourself, have a really good rest, and then get back on the bandwagon the next day. These are all incredibly important things to consider for good mm. immune function. In your study and your research, and the more you learn about um, the immune system, how does that affect your understanding of God? Well, actually, the more and more I learn, the more and more I realize how little we know and how incredibly complex it all is. I mean, in the past, we thought the immune system was just complex because of all the different types of immune cells and how they interact and the chemicals made, these cytokines and chemokines. But now we know it's even more complex because it's compounded by the interaction between the gut microbiome and the bugs that live there and the things that they make there and then this, the chemicals, the signaling molecules. So it's far more complex than we ever, ever imagined. And I often think to myself, wow, I think of that Bible verse in Psalms. I think it's Psalm, Psalm 139 where it says that we are wonderfully and marvelously made. We are truly made by a master designer. We We're going to go out with that uh, verse right now. It says uh, you are uh, you are made all the delicate inner parts. Sorry, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. This is Wonderfully Made by Ellie Holcomb. It's two in the morning And I'm still awake in my bed And I can't shake these lies They keep running around in my head But what if I saw me the way that you see me what if I believed it was true? What if I traded this shame and self-hatred For a chance at believing you? That you knit me together My mother's womb And you say that I've never been hidden from you And you say that I'm 
Wonderfully made by Ellie Holcomb. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking with Dr. Sue Rad on the topic of improving your immune function through food. Now, before we get back into our program, we've got a free book giveaway today. In fact, we've got two free books to give away today. The first one is what I'd probably call a booklet, and it's called A Taste of Food as Medicine. I think there's about 13 recipes in this book, and this is uh, an extract, I guess, or a a smaller version of your big book. (laughs) And uh, we will be giving away your big book, which is the 
food as medicine book. Someone's going to be lucky. Someone's (laughs) going to be lucky. We've got one copy of that, but we've got many more copies of this smaller book to give away today. So you can actually text in our show number 0488-880-891. That's 0488-880-891. Text us in Connect 12 and you can claim this free booklet and it's a fantastic little booklet. I'll also give you a a little... uh, a clue here or a hint that in the back of this book is actually a code where you can order online the main book at a considerable discount. So we'll uh, come back to that a bit later. So Sue, in your clinical practice, um, Hmm. do you ever recommend supplements or, you know, particular ways of eating that can help with immune function? Mm -hmm. Sure. Look, um, I do... But what the research shows is that supplements are most beneficial when people have low baseline levels to start off with of certain Mm. nutrients. So, for example, various supplements have been studied, and particularly in recent times, they've been looking at them again in regards to COVID-19. So, for example, I would make sure that they check their vitamin D levels, and if they're very low... I would recommend a supplement because the data yeah. suggests you really need to be up there with vitamin D for immunity. And in Tassie particular, yes. I, I know that many people are, are low in vitamin D in Tasmania, so mm. I, I would think that um, it's a great idea to get that level checked. Yes, mm. and we need to be having levels probably above 70, 75 nanomoles per litre, mm. uh, which is more than many people have, even in sunny Sydney. Mm. So I'd be looking at that. I'd be looking at things like their intake, dietary intake of vitamin C and zinc. I mean, there are many nutrients that seem to be important for immunity, and they do work together. And they seem to be, especially the micronutrients involved in actually activating, if you like, certain enzymes involved in immune reactions. So it's important to look at those. But what's even more important, Jason, is actually the intake of certain foods. Yeah. Um, and even the whole dietary pattern. That's the most important thing of all. And uh, what the studies suggest is that food groups such as fruits and vegetables are particularly important for good immune function. Uh, For example, we've known for many years now that uh, particularly in vulnerable groups such as children or pregnant women and older people, that if you can get them to eat more fruit and veg on a regular basis, they have lower rates and less severe upper respiratory tract infection. So they're things like the common cold and the flu. So very important to get those. And, and you know, a good example of a fruit might be the kiwi fruit. And I've been talking about that at the lectures I was giving mm. um, across Tassie. Um, would so you believe wh- it? why is that one so good? <laughs> well, it's, uh, as with most fruit and veggie, it's not just that it contains vitamin C. It does. It contains a large amount of vitamin C. But it contains so many other things. It's so much more than vitamin C. It contains all kinds of carotenoids, polyphenols, and a lot of dietary fibre. So you've got a lot of factors that independently but collectively help regulate immune function. So Mm. um, these things are important. Also, legumes. So these are the dried beans, peas, and lentils. Um, There are studies um, from different countries, particularly since COVID, that have shown this strong association. It's not cause and effect, proven cause and effect, but this link between the health professionals who've consumed more beans and more whole grains and much less severe COVID even 
when they did get sick compared mm. to those health professionals that did not. Or, in fact, those that had higher protein, lower carb diets, who had a much more severe type of, of COVID-19. So fruit, veg, legumes, whole grains, um, all of these things are important. And I might just mention conversely, there, there is a very interesting study from the US on a very healthy population group, the Adventists, and that also showed that people who consume more animal foods, so animal protein foods like meats, dairy and eggs, compared to those who consume less or who have a much more plant-based diet, the former group uh, had about a 70% higher risk of infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. Now, this study was done before COVID struck, so it doesn't include COVID as an outcome, but it includes other infectious diseases such as sepsis and hepatitis C. So going more plant-based, but eating these unrefined plant foods seem to be very beneficial, not just because of the nutrients, vitamins, minerals, but also their types of fibres. And it's, it's this is partly where the action is in the gut. When you feed enough of the right sort of fibres, you actually help repair sort of the barriers uh, that protect us and that prevent bad things getting in that initiate um, inflammation. And, um, you know... Often with with these um, viruses, it's not just the virus that does bad things to us. It's actually our immune system that goes into a bit of an overdrive, tries to get out there and fight and then doesn't know when to switch off and causes damage. Yeah, so that was a question that I was going to ask you, actually, because, Mm. you know, we often talk about boosting our immune system. But there's also um, a concept, I guess, of of regulation, isn't there? Regulating our immune system. And so some foods uh, are important for regulating our immune system. Mm, Indeed. And I'm glad you brought that up because if you boosted your immune system every single time, you could be doing more harm than good. Because you see, inflammation is a weapon that the immune system uses. But when it's like a fire, when it becomes out of control, this is worse for you than than how you started. So the body finally regulates the right amount of inflammation. And if you have a healthy lifestyle, is able to switch it off when required. And so when we look at the whole dietary pattern side of things, What we're finding, as with chronic diseases, for infectious diseases, a more plant-based orientation, diets that are rich in plant foods, such as the Mediterranean diet, Mm. for example, are always associated with better outcomes when it comes to immunity. And that also... um, reminds me of the um, the original diet as described in the Bible in the first book of Moses, often called um, by scientists as the Garden of Eden diet. Mm. Well, what was that diet? It indeed was a plant-based diet using mm. a lot of unprocessed foods. Um, so I find that very interesting that that diet that was given to man just happens to be the sort of dietary pattern that is seem, better. There seems to be more and more evidence um backing that up now like actual studies and and scientific evidence that's that's sort of proving that idea i guess um yes i'm wondering if you know of a guy by the name of dr michael greger do you yes yeah i i i I follow his um (laughs) his channels now he's not uh uh, a christian at all Mm. he doesn't I, i don't think he uh he follows biblical principles but 
he's actually studied and come to similar conclusions that this plant-based diet is the best and, and he's done that purely from looking at the research. Yeah, he's a great communicator. He reads a lot of research papers and then gives distills the messages into easy to understand um mm, little snippets tips and snippets yeah and two or three minute, too. yeah two or three minute videos <laughs> and and i also have many colleagues who are you know world-renowned researchers um who who don't believe in a god at all they're mm. completely atheist in their viewpoints but they too follow some of them a hundred percent plant-based diets because mm. in their research in clinical studies they have shown they're the most effective diets the most medicinal diets to lower risk factors such as a high cholesterol think of the portfolio diet um, or to lower high blood glucose or sugar levels um, so many many outcomes can be improved significantly when we add in foods it's not always just avoiding things in the past it was don't eat this don't eat that but in fact many people are missing out on foods that can give them clinical benefits and um, one of the things I do in the food as medicine book is actually show people how to use those foods that they often don't know how to use or how to cook such mm. as the legumes the whole grains and so on mm. I remember last year doing a program with uh, Peter Watts who uh, talked uh, at least in one program about health and how it's important to our our spiritual journey as well but it's mm. he, he made this comment that said that it doesn't matter whether you're a believer or not. If you yes. follow these principles, you're going to benefit. <laughs> you're going to benefit from the health, and and they're just they're simple principles. You know, mostly plant based diet. Mm. Um, it's going to benefit us, of course, Indeed. exercise and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just to remember, you can text in any time. Text connect number twelve. That's connect c o n n e c t twelve to zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one to get your free copy of a taste of food as medicine we're going to go to a break this is my father's world by chris rice this is my father's world and to my listening ears all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees Of skies and seas His hand the wonders wrought This is my Father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their maker's praise This is my Father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass I can hear Him pass He speaks to me everywhere This is my Father's world Oh, let me ne'er forget That though the wrong seems oft so strong God is the ruler, yeah This is my Father's world 
be satisfied And earth and heaven be one This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied And earth and heaven be And heaven be one, and earth and heaven be one. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Dr. Sue Rad this morning on Connecting the Dots. We've been talking about improving your immune function through food. So there's a lot of talk uh, recently, you hear it in media and various places. I guess uh, I'm a little bit interested in health, so I get uh, all sorts of suggested videos coming up on YouTube. They talk about um, the gut health and the importance of the gut microbiome. Mm. Can you explain to us what that's all about? Okay, so the gut microbiome relates to the type of microbes that live in the gut, and usually when we talk about the gut microbiome we're referring to the ones living in the large bowel in the colon so we have bugs living all over and within our body in every orifice and crevice if you like but in the gut the lower gut there are more bugs than anywhere else and this is really like another ecosystem when you, when you say bugs are you talking about bacteria bacteria or? viruses fungi all kinds of all organisms sorts of things. Okay. all sorts of things which in the past we didn't appreciate had such an important role we just thought the colon the purpose was to absorb water from the gut but actually no it's a big fermentation chamber mm. <laughs> and the bugs ferment whatever leftovers you don't digest they travel through to the colon, they ferment them, and they make their own little products. And it's these little products, these signaling molecules, that then literally signal with every part of our body, with our brain, with our liver, with our heart, um, every aspect of what we do, They, including the immune system, they can actually control by upregulating or downregulating according to what type of signalling molecule it is. So it's sounding like this uh, is pretty important when it comes to immune function. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very much so, especially when you consider um, that the gut, often people think of it as being part of our body inside, but in science and in medicine we know it's actually external to our body. So the food that passes through our gastrointestinal tract, that tract is actually external to the body and there are barriers within the tract. I'm going to have to ask Mm. you a question. What do you mean that's external to your body? I mean, it's inside your body. that's exactly right. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Well, think of a garden hose. If Mm. you look through the middle, that's kind of the water's coming through the garden hose. We consider that as external because things go through and they go out the other end. Yeah, okay. But they haven't gotten into the body. To get into the body, you have to kind of perforate the garden hose and get in. Or at least if you were 
watering the garden, it's got to be perforated so the water comes out, sprays out the other way. So it's a bit like the difference between injecting something into a vein, which goes straight into your blood system Mm -hmm. or into your body, Mm -hmm. versus perhaps rubbing it on your skin, which you would have to absorb through the skin into the body. Exactly. So the skin is an excellent barrier, um, part of our immune system, so so is the gut. So is the gut, yeah. The acid in the stomach's part of, uh, you know, the, the physical, the chemical barriers that we have, but also the lining of the gut is a barrier. So in the gut, in the wall, or sitting on the cells is a mucus layer. And this is really important because this prevents bugs and things they make getting through and getting through the junctions between the cells. They're supposed to be tight junctions and getting into the bloodstream after which it could go anywhere mm-hmm. um, and cause, you know, this what we call chronic systemic inflammation. So diet can have a major role to play on a daily basis to repair these barriers, the mucus layer, to keep the junctions tight, to prevent the intestinal permeability, otherwise known as leaky gut. And this is critically important for uh, reducing the risk of many, many, many conditions. But also, something many people don't realise, 70 to 80% of our immune cells are found along the gut. Wow. Wall. So it's it's hugely important when it comes hugely to immune Hugely important system. because food and everything that goes through the gut as it's passing through is quite in clo- close proximity. And so whatever the bugs are making from the residues, the leftovers, um, you know, is very close and, and able to in many ways control, regulate how we express mm. Um, so certain immune cells. We function. normally think about the immune system being, you know, associated with the T cells and the the white blood cells and that sort mm. of thing. But we don't often think about it actually being fundamentally. I guess it starts there, does it? In, at the well, gut. indeed, we we have the barriers. That's part of the immune system. Another part is literally different types of specialized cells, and a lot of these cells that you mentioned actually are in the gut in mm. in, in those sections um, and they can their activity can be upregulated if need be so the the question i have to ask is that if this is so important um, the gut and the health of the gut is so important how do we keep it healthy Mm, good question. And there's been um, a lot of research in the last particularly 10 years looking at this gut microbiome and the factors that can influence which bugs live there and the diversity of the bugs. And one of the key findings that researchers in the field um, have made is that it's very, very important to have a diverse range of bugs, and we call them microbiota in the past called gut flora. We need to have a diverse range of microbiota, and the microbiome is simply the microbiota, all the microbes, plus their genes, and some definitions even include the metabolites, what the bugs make. Now, if I'm, if I'm listening to you right mm. now, I'm thinking, okay, yep, I've heard this sort of stuff. I need to go and buy a probiotic or something mm. to, to fix my, my gut. Now, um, I know you talked about that a little bit last night. So just tell us about you know, the, the, the benefit or the, or the disadvantage of taking a probiotic versus other means of actually having sure. a healthy gut. So probiotics are live microbial organisms. Um, 
some probiotics at a particular at the strain level seem to be very beneficial for various aspects of our health some are good for the gut function some are good for the lungs etc um, in particular for immunity it appears that the lactobacilli and the bifidobacteria seem to play a role however we are still researching probiotics and they don't do it all they're quite specific in their role and there's only so many of those whereas our gut has yes trillions trillions yeah. and so we're really scratching the surface mm-hmm. and even if you get the right one if you knew which was the right one you have to keep taking them because you know they don't remain forever unless you feed them so it really goes back to what we feed ourselves being the right food so that it feeds the good bacteria so earlier in the program we talked about plant-based diet mm-hmm. and uh I'm just wondering if if I eat, um, you know, just one type of, you know, plant-based food, Mm -hmm. let's say it's bread, I don't know, that's mostly wheat, um, is that going to be sufficient for my uh, gut health? (laughs) No, because the other finding is that um, a diverse range of plant-based foods is very important because that predicts a diverse microbiota so the greater the diversity in your diet the more diverse your microbiota which has been studied and found to be associated with lower risks of all kinds of conditions so we must have a diverse diet particularly with the plant foods Mm. and uh, of course heavily processed plant foods aren't um, going to be quite as good as the the way god made them in nature (laughs) yes because they're usually deficient They're deficient in dietary fiber. They're deficient in phytonutrients. um, And both, by the way, influence the growth of the good bugs. Um, Not just the fiber, but phytochemicals or phytonutrients, as we call them, like polyphenols. They actually help stimulate the growth of good bacteria. So unprocessed, unrefined plant foods, such as a whole piece of fresh fruit or a vegetable rather than a packet of vegetable crisps, Mm. um, you know, are going to help you uh, far more and, in fact, um, improve the function of your immune system. So... An unprocessed, plant-based, plant-rich diet gives you the best chance to get more fibre and a diverse range of fibres and phytonutrients. Also, there's been some interesting research coming out recently out of Stanford University in the US showing that fermented foods may have an additional role. And what they've shown um, in healthy people in the US in a small pilot study that when you start including fermented foods on a daily basis, that that also seems to improve the microbiota diversity and, get this, lower multiple markers of inflammation in the body. The Mm. type that we find at raised levels if you have conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, you know. Um, So... It's fascinating because fermented foods have been used for centuries in many traditional cultures. They kind of became forgotten for a while. There's a bit of a resurrection happening now. But I think I'd put my money on fermented foods before I'd put my money on just one probiotic, even though some are very powerful if you get the right bug. But in the future, probably we will know much more about different strains of probiotics. We'll be able to specifically recommend a more targeted, targeted approach things. exactly yeah. so what are some of the benefits well, actually before we go on to just some of the benefits 
what are some of the common fermented foods that, that you, you're talking mm. about that we so might consider eating? The simplest one, of course, is plain yogurt. It's a fermented food. Sometimes yogurts have a probiotic added, then it's mm-hmm. a probiotic yogurt, but not one and the same thing. Of course, now we it's become very popular to drink kefir, which can be dairy or non-dairy based, kombucha. Then there are more traditional foods like sauerkraut and kimchi, injera. Nato, if you want to go Japanese, tempeh, if you want to go Indonesian. There are many things to choose from in liquid form or in solid form. And they're interesting and they're fun to, you know, integrate into your Mm. dietary pattern in any cuisine. And, of course, uh, this is going to improve our immune function, reduce inflammation, you said, um, which is, I mean, inflammation is is an underlying cause of many chronic diseases. Indeed, indeed. So we know it's important for chronic diseases, but now it's also known to be very important for infectious disease such as COVID-19 because it's inflammation that usually is the undoing of people um, and leads to premature loss of life. So if we can switch it off when needed by having this this dietary pattern that's plant-based, high in fibre, high in phytonutrients, maybe some fermented foods as well, we know that already lowers inflammation. Um, It's probably going to be also really important for infectious diseases. We are going to give away this book, Food as Medicine. Now, this is the big book. It's a much bigger book than the little one that we've been giving away already. Uh, Tell us in 30 seconds what this big book is all about and uh, why somebody should want it. Well, it contains 150 recipes. It weighs two kilos, so you might want to send it by freight if you're (laughs) flying overseas. Um, But it shows people how to use more of these plant foods that are unrefined. See, most people already know how to cook meat and chicken and fish and whatever, but they don't know how to use legumes, in Mm. my experience. Mm. They don't know how to use whole grains from various parts of the world. And so this shows them how to do it in an easy way um, for the family. You know, cook once, you can eat three times. Many meals are very easy to, to store in the freezer and bring them out freshly when needed. So it can just show you how to broaden your diet and how to include more of these foods that are medicinal and can protect you. We've got one copy of this big book to give away, which we will give you the code straight after the break. So first in, we'll receive that book. But do remember that we've also got this other book called A Taste of Food as Medicine, which is an extract from that, 13 Recipes. This is More Like You by Noema Moore. Lord, Redeemer, my Prince of Peace, take me, mold me, use me, and create in me a clean new heart. Lord, hear my cries, I pray, help me to walk in your ways, all my long for you help me in everything I do to be more like you you came to save me you died and rose again amazing grace it's hard to be 
like you The more I try, the more I fail and am ashamed Lord, hear my cries, I pray Help me to walk in your ways All my life I've longed for you Help me in everything I do I pray, help me to walk in your ways, all my life I've longed for you, help me in everything I do, all my life I've longed for you, help me in everything I do to be more like you. listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Before the break, we talked about our big free book giveaway today. It's called Food as Medicine by Dr. Sue Rad, Cooking for Your Best Health. We've got just one copy to give away today. The code for this one copy, the first in with this uh, code to our show number. Now, our show number is 0488-880-891. The code for today is CONNECT. FM. So connect C O double N E C T F M for food as medicine. Uh, um, people might think I chose that for the Faith FM, but it was actually for food as medicine. So <laughs> connect FM, first one in gets to get a copy of this book. But do remember, if you miss out on that one, you can get the other book, which is Connect 12, which is a taste of food as medicine. So, Sue, when I get my tax assessment, Mm-hmm. which I did uh, get one recently, I, you, you have a look at the uh, letter that comes with it and it tells you how the government is spending our tax money. And uh, whilst it's nice to contribute to the running of our society, I noticed that the second largest expenditure area is in the area of health. Mm. And uh, I'm just wondering if we were to take better care of our health Perhaps we would save millions or billions of dollars in our economy uh, on instead of getting fixed up after the event, uh, perhaps we could actually be better, we could be more healthy and uh, in hospital less often. But what other things apart from what we've talked about already um, can improve our health and well-being and perhaps keep us out of hospital longer? Mm. So there are many lifestyle factors we should consider for good immunity. Um, such as not smoking. Smoking literally dampens the functioning of your immune system. Mm. Um, being physically active, not too much, but certainly not being sedentary. So how, how active do you mean? You know, are you talking uh, half an hour, an hour a day or, of walking or something? Or? Uh, that would be great. But even if people did, you know, walking on three days a week, mm-hmm. um, anything helps because the rate of, of diseases or the risk of diseases, infectious diseases, even COVID, has been related to people's previous physical activity levels. So we don't have to be running a marathon every week. No, no, no. no. But you do have to you have to break up sitting time. Being mm. sedentary is really harmful at the cellular level, pretty much. Um, but even things like sleep. You know, very important, the forgotten medicine. Um, in some studies they've shown uh, where, where people were given a vaccination for the flu, uh, 
that those who were getting seven to eight hours of sleep before the vaccination or regularly had about twice the level of antibodies 10 days after the flu vax compared to those that were sleep deprived. Mm, that's amazing. I mean, all these kind of lifestyle factors, they do add up, um, you know, reducing one's stress, very, very important. But even what the Japanese call forest bathing, spending mm. time in nature. Mm. Um, Something about that, isn't it? Walking in yes. the fresh air, down in Tassie here particularly. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's not just that it's fresh air and it's not just that you're less stressed. They, they have adjusted for these factors because mm. they run experiments where you get those benefits anyway. There's something else, whether it's... Uh, pheromones released by the trees or (laughs) there are other yet to be described defined factors very very important and i guess one of the biggest um, things that we're coming to recognize is that it's this combination of lifestyle factors that's most beneficial so when it comes to saving COVID-19 cases, a study from the UK called the UK Biobank study found that um, the risk for severe COVID-19 cases was increased by more than 50% in people who had a combination of unhealthy lifestyle factors such as they were smokers, they were physically inactive, they were very overweight. So one is good, but more is better. <laughs> And then they don't have to be expensive. They're simple things. We just need to move more. Well, so far, everything we've talked about is free. Mm, Indeed. So far. Low tech. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, of course, we've mentioned aspects of the diet. But I think in addition to that plant-based orientation in terms of eating, we also should consider these other aspects, spending more time in nature, getting adequate sleep, getting adequate rest, being physically active, staying away from pollution and smoke itself. In in terms of the sunlight aspect, so I've had melanoma and of course um, the uh, thinking on that is that that is caused by too much sun exposure, which I probably had when I was younger. Um, What's a good amount of sun perhaps to to have uh, Mm. to, to get I guess it depends on, you can measure it by by having your vitamin D levels tested. But. In a sense, though, there is also some research that early life exposure to sunlight is protective later mm. for melanoma. Um, and there is this gradient in terms of risk according to where we lived earlier in life. Um, and it seems to be that you're more protected if you actually lived in a sunny climate. So it, it's quite well, difficult to disentangle. I grew up mostly in Tassie. And, and the problem uh, with Tassie is that over winter you don't get much. And then no. in summer you go out and you get burnt. You get burnt. Yeah. And we see a similar sort of gradient for conditions such as multiple sclerosis and vitamin D. So sunlight's important. What's a good amount? Um A good amount is an amount that's regular but where you don't get burnt. That's Mm. a good amount, put simply. Mm. Um, And if you're even going to simply try and make vitamin D, we know now you need to be out between about 11 and 3, and that's when you're usually told to cover up. You don't make it much before then and after then because of where the position of the sun is. Mm. Um, So... It's about getting out regularly because there are other benefits from sunlight, not just making vitamin D. And then perhaps if you are out, depending on the season, for 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever, you can cover up with clothing or if you want to use sunblock, um, lotions and things after that. But you're not going to make it if you cover yourself up straight away. You need to expose arms and legs 
You can always cover your face, of course, if you don't like crow's feet and those things developing um, too early in life. But um, we do need to get sunshine. There's something also that, you know, if you walk, go for a walk and you go in the sunshine, boy, does it lift your mood. It makes you feel better. And, and that <laughs> brings me to um, depression, which I know is a, an immune suppressor. If we feel depressed, mm. then our immune system is, is also depressed. Um, how do we, um, I, I guess, I guess the, the, the importance and depression is not an easy one just to fix uh, overnight necessarily. Mm. Um, it's a very complex thing. But And another factor is stress. But in about the minute that we've got left, um, what can you say about stress and depression? In well, particular, too, with the diet, because I, I think yes. you've, you've mentioned that the diet can even help with mm, depression. Mm, indeed, and uh, one of the early clinical trials from Melbourne called the SMILES trial was a study where people who had depression were already on medication for depression, but when they got them to also change their diet, adopt more of a Mediterranean-style plant-based diet, they had benefits over and above the medication. So we can mm. add to the effectiveness of the medication. But if you can get yourself out with someone walking, walking like it's a pill, <laughs> it's a natural pill, mm. get out into the light, walk more, it really does help. And I know a lot of psych psychologists, friends of mine, colleagues, who actually prescribe those kind of things in addition to cognitive therapy. Mm. So lifestyle medicine, um, it's not a new thing. It's actually very old. It's being rediscovered now. And um, there is evidence-based information to support the effectiveness of some of these things and doesn't cost much but can boy can really turn your life around if mm. you give it a go i think if we if we recognize that uh, we we are suffering for example for me my challenge is uh, too much inactivity because i work mostly at a desk mm -hmm. and so in winter it's hard because it's dark when <laughs> i get to work and it's dark when i leave so it's hard to uh, to do that, but I but I recognise it and I just need to do it. Indeed, and you can look for get gadgets a, such as... Get a walking desk. <laughs> yes, or a stand-up sit-down yeah. desk. When mm. I've got my long riding days, I'm forever up and down just mm. to break up that sitting time. So just to finish up with, is there any other scripture pa passage that sort of motivates you, um, that could motivate us as well to look at health a bit better and, um, uh, yeah, help us be more healthy? Yes, I think of a verse in John chapter 10 and verse 10. Um, the second part of that verse goes something like this. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And I think that says it all, um, an abundant life where we can only not only live better for ourselves, but then we can help others mm, to live their best so. life as well. And I'm sure that is what God wants for us. Now, this is actually our last program on Connecting the Dots for a little while. So uh, keep tuning in each week. We'll be pray playing some other programs, but we'll be taking a, a little break from our live programs uh, for just a little while. Remember our book offer today, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health. If you, uh, if you missed out, you can text in CONNECT12 to get the little booklet, which uh, also has a discount offer in it. This is Do Not Worry by Ellie Holcomb. We have a, hope you have a great day wherever you are. And thanks for joining us today, Sue. My pleasure. Thank you, Tasmania. See the birds that are singing in the spring air. They're giving everything they need. They don't worry where their next meal will come from. They don't worry about a thing. 
so just look around you try to listen to the song creation sings don't you worry cause you're in the hands of the God who made everything Flowers in their colorful beauty They're dressed better than a king They don't worry about what they should wear, no They don't worry about a thing So just look around you Try to listen to the song creation sings And don't you worry cause you're in hands of the God who made everything because you're you're not a bird and you're you're not a flower you don't have petals or wings but there is good news you're worth so much more to the God who made everything Cause you're worth so much more 